Hi everyone, and welcome to the 80th episode of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi. And Spencer. My original opening of the show was much better than his. It was, <laughs> we're not using that ever. <laughs> oh, we have to at some no, point. No, no, yes. never being used. Oh, <laughs> that's, in the, uh, that's in the audio graveyard now. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome everyone. Um, we're actually going to do a slightly different show this episode. I think we talked about it last episode, um, but it wasn't necessarily set in stone what we were going to do. I think we had lots of different options. Also, it was a month mm-hmm. ago, so no one remembers. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> basically, we're going to have this episode as our Final Fantasy Thirteen Part 2 post-mortem. It's a little, like, maybe about two months late, but, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on, and uh, we decided that this episode we would focus on this instead of E3, because... We don't really know that much about what's going to happen, apart from there's going to be one potential PS4 game. They've still yeah. just—they've still only told us be excited. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we thought this would be a better option. Um, we know that uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen Part Two has been quite a divisive game in the community, so we uh, we thought we'd have a good discussion about it and um, include some feedback from you guys. So um, the show's still going to be three segments, um, but we're going to split it up. So we've got the first segment where we're going to talk about the story and the characters and. Uh, any of the gameplay additions um, that were introduced in this game. And then we're going to talk about the music a bit, which also seems to be very divisive. <laughs> and then we're going to sort of conclude up with our thoughts about the game and what you guys thought as well. Before we get into that, though, just to remind you all that Final Fantasy Union is a part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network and TweaksMusic.com. It comes out on the iTunes store, FinalFantasyUnion.com and GamingUnion.net. Also, I want to thank everyone who's taken part in the Final Fantasy Union survey. I posted up on the site and Twitter and social networks and Facebook and what, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we had quite a, a few responses, so thanks everyone for your feedback. It's been really helpful. Um, we're going to try and apply this to everything we do moving forward. Yep. And from this point on, it's spoiler-free. We're going to go all out the spoilers, everyone. So if you don't want to hear what happens in Final Fantasy Thirteen Part Two, or you haven't played it yet and... Um, yeah, well, you have played it yet, and you're just a very sensitive soul. You, uh, you may want to, you may want to stop uh, listening for from now on because uh, there's some stuff that happens. Yep. I think I can. There's at least three. There's at least three things that happen in the whole game. Yep. Yeah. So if you are worried that uh, we're going to spoil the story for you, then uh, please um, just skip forward maybe like half an hour into the show. Huh? Yeah. No, don't even do practically that. the whole show so <laughs> yeah. you might as well just like while playing just keep just play through 13 2 you should be halfway done by then and y- y- you'll be good yeah for everyone who has finished 13 part 2 though and uh wants to listen this is going to be awesome oh unless you're one of the many people who played it and say i hate hearing anything about this game because there are a lot no, of in which people. case they may also love this oh yeah that is true because i, I forgot, be, you, cause I forgot you guys hate this game. game yeah it's like in the song i am awesome no, say that. No, he yeah. can't say that. Okay, sorry. No. The FCC is going to be on our butts yeah. if you sing that song. <laughs> okay, so um, let's dive in then with the uh, the characters. Okay. So Final Fantasy Thirteen Mod Two introduced two new characters that were I guess I would classify as mains. They were Noel and Caius, and uh, Sarah came back from the original game in a playable role, so she was given a much more. Um, much more gravitas in this game and I was a little bit surprised when they first announced that she was going to be a playable character and I, yeah. I don't necessarily think it worked out so well either yeah, well I mean, I mean she she was at least like a better developed character than in like the original 13 oh yeah because in yeah. the original she was pretty much just a plot device yeah exactly yeah 
Like, the more, like, I've thought about it, though, like, when it comes to, like, to all this air hate, because, like, I never really minded her that much while playing through the game. I think the whole point of that is just due to the fact that 13-2 has actually so few main characters to play as. You just kind of learn to either deal with them or, like, hate them. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I've touched on some past episodes, but I think the main problem with Sarah wasn't necessarily Sarah. It was the fact that what she was trying to accomplish was so insignificant compared to what Noel was trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like... Noel's come from this really desolate place, and he's trying to pretty much save the world, and Sarah's just kind of like... Yeah, I'm just trying to find my sister. Um, and my boyfriend. Yeah, I guess I'll tag along and help out if I can, but, you know. Yeah, really it does seem like she should have been a sidekick rather than a main character. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just from that perspective. Like, if uh, if they just had, if they ditched Sarah and pretty much just have Noel as the main character, they wouldn't have, I guess, they wouldn't have necessarily been able to tie in with some of the characters. Like, you know, if Noel met Snow, they would have just been like, what's up? But there would have been no connection at all. Um, and I guess it helped from that perspective, especially like with Hope, and because everyone knew, knew who Sarah was, mm-hmm. and Noel wouldn't have had that. But I think that Noel, as an individual character, was extremely strong. Yeah. Uh, and I think I, I know initially when he was first announced, a lot of people weren't too convinced. I guess because no. the way he was dressed and all yeah. the stuff, and <laughs> he, he looked but, like a mixture of anyone from a boy band in the '90s and like a monk. Yeah. Yeah, but not I think that's he... a bad thing. But oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. The monk, the monk did... boy band look is definitely <laughs> in these days. It I... was unexpected. I think he won a lot of people over, though. Yeah, I think his personality was really nice, and then, but the thing with regards to Sarah, I think, well, I personally was only surprised, really, because it's from the trailers and everything that we've seen about that game beforehand was mainly lightning focused so it was just kind of yeah like, that, that was like the ultimate troll by square Enix. they're just like yeah lightning's on the box art lightning this lightning that and kinda like that's kind of like trying to do like a kojima for mgs2 with like snake and Raiden, except failing horribly like all <laughs> the games like the games have two awesome beginning segments with the character you thought you were going to play as it's like at least with uh like there's like you get a couple hours of snake at the beginning and this one you get like Maybe 30 minutes, and then you have, like, 20-plus yeah. hours of none. Although, to be fair, I don't know how the game would have been had we had Lightning and Null all the time. I don't well, know. They seem... When they interact with each other, they seem to kind of have a mutual respect. Yeah. But and, there would be, like, no sort of, like, drama or anything. Well, yeah. I think it would have been a big conflict, because obviously Noel's the main character, Lightning's the main character, and you probably wouldn't have wanted to follow the, both of their stories equally. Yeah. Like... You know, these games, like Final Fantasy games throughout history, they've always worked when there's been kind of like one main protagonist. And I think that's yeah. why Final Fantasy XII is often considered to have a weak story because they focused more on like the overall scheme, like all the politics and the, the, the battles between the nations. And obviously there was the protagonist in vain, but um, like there wasn't really a main character as such. Um, with thirteen, obviously it's lightning with a supporting cast, but the supporting cast were given more mm-hmm. uh, than the typical cast would have been given. I think in this one, yeah. I, I mean, to me, Noel is the main character, not Sarah. Yeah. Sarah is just there, kind of as a as a a person to make things easier. Yeah. I, have you guys like kind of what I was talking about with Sarah? But have you guys ever like actually thought that maybe the reason why everyone likes Hope so much, I mean Noel so much, is just due to the fact <laughs> that it's like they like Sarah like literally brought nothing to the table, and like he's, yeah, well, like, they didn't the, really have a choice. <laughs> And he's like, and he's like the closest thing to like any character to like. 
But I guess imagine how it would have been if Noel wasn't as strong as he was, and it was more led by Sarah. People yeah. would hate this game much more. <laughs> yeah, but then that's the problem with um, that's sort of the problem with Square Enix. They never really have been. Well, they have their ups and their downs as far as female characters go. I mean, they could either go way too far into some extreme, like, either way. You know, like, you think about, like, Lightning, like, she was really extreme in the first game. Fang as well. And then you think about Fang. But even, well, actually, I disagree with Fang. I think Fang was probably the most balanced between the two of them in terms of, like, she seemed actually sort of realistic, Whereas Vanille was so bubblegum, <laughs> cherry pop, you were just like, oh my god, just be sad for like a second. Just that's a, that's like, what happens with an Australian accent, Lauren. Yeah. All, all, all emotions go out, the, all go out the window. It's all that vitamin D, isn't it? I think the funny thing is, as well is that when they in- initially announced 13 Part 2, everyone was obviously drawing comparisons with 10 Part 2, and Square X were just like, no, no, it's not going to be like that same cheery, happy-go-lucky thing. It's going to be really dark and sinister, and it's just like... You look at Sarah and, and Mog, that combination is just I know. so much cheerfulness, so happy. Why do they just, why with every sequel do they just think, oh, we have to, we have to fully engage the female community so much so that we're going to do it in an extreme form and make it really girly. <laughs> yeah. And give her a bikini DLC. And give her a bikini yeah. DLC. A it's almost DLC. like it's a thing. <laughs> It's almost like it's a thing now. It's just like, up oh, the sequel to any Final Fantasy game, it's going to be girls. I mean, seriously, yeah. I'm just ho- I was just disappointed there was no opening music video. <laughs> yeah. Sarah Nolan, I... Sarah Nolan Mall, all like singing. Even if it was the same song, like, like what can I do for you would be amazing. Yeah. I guess there's kind of that implausibility as well because if you think of most Final Fantasy female characters, like the jobs they're given and the roles they t- they do, they, they're very plausible and like especially given yeah. their backgrounds too. Whereas Sarah, in the first game, she was this massive weakling who just pretty much can't do anything, and in this game, she suddenly gets a mog and becomes like really battle hardened. Like, where <laughs> did that suddenly come from? Yeah. And it's the same with like Kyrie and Kingdom Hearts as well. It's like you give her you give her a keyblade and instantly, oh, I know what to do with this. Yeah. Welcome, I'm welcome to this thing writers like to call loopholes. Too lazy to make up a reason why a character yeah. becomes cool. Give her a weapon. Mm. Yep. I guess it's the same with Titus and Ten. I know. Well. <laughs> it's like I can't hold this sword. Oh, I'm just gonna hold it with one hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Um. Tamara Deakin on uh, Facebook actually said, uh, I liked how they made Sarah the main character and gave her, gave the fans a chance to see the story, but from a more in-depth view than in the first game. I think that's kind of true. I mean, like, the, the story in the second game definitely had a lot more focus with regards to the characters. Like, it, 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 very, much, it very much did follow the story of Noel and Sarah and kind of how they interacted with everyone else was a byproduct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was definitely an improvement. I, and... Um, it's, it's some it's a way that um i think it made you more engaged with the story because i know that yeah. from reading a lot of comments people said that you know initially they weren't too sold on the concept but as the game went on they actually were getting emotionally invested in what was happening yeah and i think that I think actually that... i think that happens because of like the, such a smaller like just overall cast of characters it almost like mm-hmm. kind of just feels like a like a more intimate kind of like story and stuff whereas like some of the larger stories like you're talking about with 12 and to an extent 13 had i think due to its like extended length and storytelling you just kind of like get really pulled out of it sometimes if it's not just really really engrossing not saying it can't be done but 
it's a lot yeah. easier yeah. to kind of just get yourself sucked into like a small cast of characters in a it's situation. Just because they have like in thirteen, especially all of them had their own stuff to deal with, yeah, and it just kind of uh, took away from what was actually going on. Yeah, I think that's something that they definitely tried to um, eradicate in this game. It definitely seemed like because. A big complaint that I always saw was just about the ensemble and just having, like, no real sort of, like, main character. Whereas in this game, it's it's all very focused. It just goes to show you that that does work. And let's not forget that uh, this game actually brought back a consistent bad guy. Yeah. We actually had an antagonist. <laughs> and a pretty good one. I think, aside from the fact his name sounds a bit lame when actually said in full... Daryl doesn't uh, like the ballad. I, it just doesn't really make any sense to me. Why would they call him Caius Ballad? To go along with theat rhythm. Jeez. And yet he is no mention in theat rhythm. Hmm. <laughs> it's literally a it's literally a promotional tool <laughs> for them. Oh, you're thinking about music now. Yep. Yeah, Caius is a secret weapon. Was actually a DS stylus. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like, I think Caius as a name is like a fantastic name for an antagonist. And, um, you know, the role that he played in the game was actually a very good one. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was he was kind of the story whereby he's evil, um, but you can understand why it's it, it, there. Are, there are so many parallels between him and Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I think one of the best things I liked about Kai's Bill that like, actually made me want a little bit more out of the game than like, I was going to get is like. With, like, all the DLC stuff they ended up, like, putting out, I was kind of disappointed they never did anything like that for, like, where you could, like, play as Caius' side of the story. Like, you know, yeah. like, living out his fights and, like, having his inner monologues and whatnot. Because, like, I've, I've been doing that quite a bit because that's mainly what all the DLC is for Metal Gear Rising. And, like, mm-hmm. how that actually is, like, pretty interesting, like, done. Like, like just playing the game from, like, a villain's point of view and stuff. Especially when they have, like, such ridiculous, like, motives. And... Especially, like, when... It's, like, not even, like, if they're just, like, the villain and then, like, obviously, well, well, they die at the end because of the villain. Because that's, like, the cool thing with Caius. It's, like, like what Grayson Snyder said. He was, like, saying, Caius is so badass. I mean, he wins. The bad guy wins. And by the end of the game, I felt so... I felt bad for him. I kind of wanted him to win. And it's, like, yeah. It's, like, it's a bad guy, but who ends up not only just winning, but actually winovering most of the people who are playing it's, like, support for winning. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I think, it, and that's why I said there's parallels with Sephiroth, because, like, you know, when you play Final Fantasy VII, you don't necessarily understand, but when you play through Crisis Core and, like, you read some of the backstory about why, you know, he was an, he was a good guy. Yeah. Like, it, it was he just became twisted because of what he had to go through. See, this I never exactly felt that way Caius. for Sephiroth. I never, like, actually felt bad for him. It's like, this was all kind of, like, stoppable for you. It's, like, it's, it's the exact kind of, like, syndrome, like most like either like anime or like manga like villains are is like i was once yeah. your friend but i'm going to be ignorant for the rest of my life to kill everyone no yeah. but it was like with sephiroth the reason why he did what he did was because he was being used so much by shinra yeah like, but i mean he, he like the, there's a there's intentions. a point where he could kind of stop yeah it's like yeah, he didn't have to go Caius, all out Caius, he didn't have to go all out on the world Caius didn't have to like try and destroy the time continuum well, he he had a very. Because Noel day. was clearly okay with it. He had a real he had a real bad day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know, I think you know you might not. Uh, okay, if you don't think there's there, there's too many similarities, then then that's then that's. But I also think like where where I sort of you know, um, with how Square Enix handles like female characters versus how Square Enix deals with well Square as a whole 
deals with villains, I feel like there's so many more villains that are likable in like the whole Final Fantasy series than, well, probably even protagonists, I would think. Because you the, have the like the antagonists are generally a lot more memorable. You have like and, well, and, that, and, that, and that's the whole point. It's like if if like your main character is more like memorable than like the antagonist, why would you want to like progress and like go through your character story mm. to like fight this guy who's it's really boring true. all the time? Hence why it's very true. the thirteen story is a bit confusing because right, no one really cares about bartenders. Yeah, like, but like you know, you think of you think of all the all the Final Fantasy villains that you love, like um, well, whenever they whenever they do like top Kane. game characters, yeah, like Final so Fantasy will Final have Fantasy so many villains. in there. You know, Kuja, I, I I never see on those lists. Who he should really be on those lists more. He's like I, one of the more like under like underloved like villains. Dude, go on Tumblr. Like I'm doing this video game challenge thing at the moment where I like post um I post an answer to a question every day, and it's for like 30 days or something. And I remember I was looking up because I was really kind of stumped on who I wanted to choose for my favorite antagonist. Pretty much without fail, almost everyone listed Kuja. I guess I guess the thing with Kuja is that he's not actually the ma- he's not actually the antagonist. Well, that's like the one like kind of like stupid thing about like nine in my opinion. It's like because it's like it has this awesome villain who like w- like builds it up and like actually has a pretty interesting story. But then at the very last one, just to kind of have like a cool Easter egg, like it's like okay, you beat the boss fight him. All right, here's one last boss. Now he's not the main villain, and I hate. When well, he no, because he was a third. He was the third tier villain, wasn't he? Because he was only working for uh, Garland. Yeah, yeah but it's like. Really, when it comes down to it, like, would you really, like... Yeah, he's not, like, the main baddie, but it's, like, in everyone's head, he might as well be, because you spend yeah. the most time with him. It's, like... I definitely think he might as well be. Oh, I'm trying to think, because I I kind of so see long. him, like, in terms of standing, he's kind of more on par with Sifa. Mm, no, because, like, I mean... Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, no, maybe, no yeah. maybe more idea, I would say. Well, probably technically he's on he's on Seeper's level, but oh well, no, wait, no, you're probably right because he is kind of like the parallel to uh, or the foil to Zidane, isn't he? And yes. Cipher is the um, is the foil to Squall, so yeah, no, it's probably right. But I like Kuja more. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you guys think about the inclusion of the uh, characters from the first game? So you got like Hope, Lightning, Snow. Uh, and obviously, um, in terms of other characters that were added, there's there's Yule, Chocolina. Even though she wasn't in it for very long, I definitely think that like Lightning's sort of bit in Final Fantasy thirteen two was freaking amazing. I I, amazing. I think I think it was yeah. basically cool because like we got such like short moments with her, but all the moments we ever had with her were like really cool and like badass. Moments. Yeah, they were very strong. But then if you think about it, all the other moments with any of the other like women in the game were just so like brief, boring, and short. <laughs> well, yeah, because there was the um, the I can't even remember her name. The woman with like the kind of shortish hair who ends up kind of betraying you. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It's like see, you don't even like remember the people name. No, but then, like, d- but then like when it comes to, like the male and stuff, like Hope and like Snow got like so much more like character development than mm-hmm. they ever did. Yeah, Snow's still just been a. I'm gonna be a hero. Hope was actually likable, wasn't he? Like, I mean, like- kind of. I I really I loved the interaction between Snow and Noel. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> Jealousy Jealous issues. Boyfriend, the video game. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. no, I mean, because you guys, because I know, I'm pretty sure you guys are in the agreements with most people that, like, you guys didn't like Hope in the first game, right? 
Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't. Like, I, I didn't. Wait, it was more of I didn't like how he portrayed. Like, there was no real reason for the re- the way he was. No. I disagree. Well, I thought was, Hope was, was like awesome in thirteen. So then, like coming like into like thirteen two and seeing him get even more awesomer was like so rewarding, but like a bit like odd because it's like, man, how is this guy like the most like b- well off out of everyone? Like, I would have imagined like. Having, like, God status would have, like, with Lightning would have made it, but, like, no, he seems, like, to have gotten the best deal out of everyone. I think the problem was, is that they just elongated his, his dislike for Snow for so long, and that might also be... Well, that's mainly the, the fault of thirteen story, just stretching everything yeah. out. And the problem, and the problem with, like, having such a massive cast, like, if, if Hope was, like, one of probably, like, four characters... And they regularly interacted with each other. It would probably have been fun. Yeah, I think thirteen two really shows the difference because in thirteen two he's kind of a minor character, but he's not like the role that he has is perfect for the for the kind of character he is. It's not in your face too much, but he still plays a quite an important role. But he's never he's never like there all the time. Mm. He's there when he needs to be, and. I, I think because obviously he was part of thirteen, they they included him. But I think the fact that they chose him to be your main support actually worked really well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I and I think it was kind of nice too because they didn't kind of do like we kind of talked about before with like Kajimi and things. It's like yeah, he was a, he was a character most people didn't like in thirteen, but he was the exa- but he still acted mainly the same way as he did in the original game without like changing yeah, his original just a bit character. More grown up. Yeah, it, yeah, where it's not like it's not like okay, no one likes hope. How do we make him cool? Okay, give him like ninja weapons and badass. All Although the time. he has turned into yeah. some kind of super genius. They did kind of make him into a vocal. Well, he was already well. like pretty resourceful. Just and like he's like he's like, he's like the MacGyver of like the Final Fantasy thirteen world. You give him a mm-hmm. you give him a knife and he can like build a house. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about Yule then? Because I know that she didn't. She was kind of a. An, she was basically the Sarah of thirteen too. Except boring her. Yeah. So like, but like do you. I don't know, it's weird, because obviously she's, like, the main reason that Caius is going ballistic. I, I think they could have done more to develop her, though. Yeah, and that's, she- like, that's what I was, like, kind of talking about, like, with, like, if there was, like, a Caius, like, side story, like, DLC, like, you could actually explain why Yule is, like, such a big deal, like, more than you did in the story, because I feel like she's that was, like, series. pretty glanced over. Yeah, um, and Chocolina, uh, well, you know, <laughs> she's just odd. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. But apparently, deserves like... her deserves to be in the sequel. So I don't know who no. said she was a good idea, but like, who's better though? Awaka the thirteenth? Was it Awaka? The... I know Awaka the thirteenth. Oh my god! Twenty third. Yeah, the twenty third. I think yeah. he's much better. Well, there surely. was there was two of them, wasn't there? Because oh, yeah, there was one, one that you meet in um, Gegazette. Yeah, but um. Oh, Rin. I know, Rin, oh, Rin was a ladies' man. When he comes back in 10-2, you're just like, man, you just, you just turn all right around. That's how you do supporting cast. Exactly. Chocolina. But, yeah, no. Not feeling it so much. Oh, I've seen some cosplay of Chocolina as well. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. It's it's basically softcore porn. I wouldn't even call that cosplay, really. It's basically, uh, what's her name from um, Final Fantasy VIII? What was that summon in Final Fantasy VIII? Was it Siren? Siren, that's it. Who basically is wearing nothing, and I've seen cosplay to that as well. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Cover your eyes, children. I know. Cover your eyes. So um, I guess we should address the elephant in the room here, and that's the ending. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Mog. No. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Couple, couple. Yeah, the elephant in the room. This fat, ugly, <laughs> floating white turd named Mog. Ugh. I'll let you kick off the ending. Thought Spencer. Oh what? 
ending. Go. Um, well, since I got the I, since I got the like paradox ending my first time because I I don't know I didn't like I don't think anyone really did like try to get like a certain ending or like the good ending. Since I got that the like the paradox ending, I was mainly confused more than anything. <laughs> And then decided, okay, should I, like, replay it for the true ending? I was like, no, this is YouTube. I'll just YouTube the other endings. And so, I mean, like, while the Paradox ending was okay, it was like, I, I, I don't know. Games that do multiple endings really disappoint if they're not Silent Hill, in my opinion. Because most of the time, it's like, okay, the true ending, or at least there'll be one good ending, like... Like, and by I mean good, I mean it's actually enjoyable to get, not where it'll be just be confusing and or stupid. And I feel like thirteen, like thirteen two, did that. Where like some of the end- endings like were okay, but like if you're gonna have games with multiple endings, they shouldn't just be really minute differences or whatnot. Yeah, it's like they should be interesting, like really weird, like things like I guess like I don't know. I'm trying to think. Just like, make it make it the butterfly effect yeah. of video games. Make every different scenario just super weird and out there, but makes you think and have it be related somehow. Yeah, because it is I mean, possible. Like, Bioshock is, is one that I had a problem with because really, like all of those endings had almost the exact same sort of monologue. It was just told in a slightly darker way. It was just kind of like, mm, is it really worth playing through the entire game in order to just get that? Mm, no trophies. Yeah, <laughs> trophies maybe, but yeah, no, I definitely agree. So yeah, the uh, obviously the big thing about the ending was that. Um, Sarah dies. Yeah. Womp. Womp, womp. There's no real it, reason for it, though. Yeah. No. I think it's another attempt by them, like, to just, like, desperately try and make you care for her. Because, I mean, uh, we're, like, especially after... God, what's the what's the girl's name from uh, Lightning Return? It's like Lu- Numa- yeah, Lumeria, or Lumeria. Lumina? Yeah, Lum- I don't yeah, know. The, the girl Lumina. who basically Lumina, looks like, Sa- like Sarah's twin. Yeah. yeah. Like... There, there's a good chance it's probably going to be her in Purgatory, her well, alternate it, well, former they, It's something. like they were really, really, really desperately trying to make this game like 10. It's like, oh, well, Titus kind of dies, so uh, and that works out okay. <laughs> so yeah, let's do it again. I just thought it was the biggest just troll ending it's ever. It's just like, it, if you're going to make her die, at least have a good ending to go along with yeah. it. Instead of just being like, Noel screaming and then Hope just kind of arriving and being like, what oh. just happened, dude? Uh, what what happened? Yeah, I thought everything's gonna be okay, Awkward. and then the the sky kind of just going black, and and then Noel being like, "Oh yeah, I just like completely screwed up, didn't I?" Um, the end. Yeah, it's just like endings like that are just what, in my opinion, are what ruined. It, it, it was like they it, it completely set up for a sequel, and they should never have done that. I, yeah. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Like they're expecting everyone to go and buy. The, Lightning Returned, which a lot, a large percentage of people aren't going to go and do. I'm pretty sure, and unless if they can really convince us. <laughs> but yeah, because like you know, there, there was no reason for them to do the ending they did that way. Like yeah, they could have done, they could have done it so many different ways, and the way they they did it was just not good. If anything, I think if they were going to kill her off, they probably could have gotten away with doing it like earlier in the game. Like maybe not like. Well, they super did say they the did game, say that it was going to happen. But like midway through or something, like like Eris. I mean, I know it's kind of you know I I frequently say how pissed off I was when Eris died, but like if they did that with Sarah, it probably would have had more impact. 
I guess they were trying to go for the Titus effect. Yeah, but then, then it would, but then it would just be, then it would just be like Noel and two random Pokemon with you again, like in the last twenty hours of the game. But then I think that's the thing. I think because it ends so abruptly, you don't really get to see like what Noel does in retaliation. Well, for we're going to learn that in Lightning Returns, aren't we? Maybe, no, maybe, maybe, dude. All we've seen is he's like it he's a guy be, who's brainwashed. He's not even be, the same character. It could be Assassin's Creed Revelations, where you know someone dies in the previous one, and then the next one they don't even talk about it. It's true. It's just like <laughs> game like, writing. It's just like like Sarah, who's that? <laughs> but but anyways, um. Yeah, I I mean I understand why they did it, if only because they had they probably had lightning returns already in their minds. Oh yeah, well, so according to Kataze, it was like the one thing they wanted to do, and I they know. were desperate to do it. Well, why didn't you do that for thirteen too? Ugh. Um, so yeah, ending not so great. Uh, I know that at the time it caused so much rage. Yeah, and poor Daryl's <laughs> like nobody. Anybody who didn't play the game just had to pretty much avoid the Well, the, the annoying thing for me was that, like, I... Obviously, the Japanese version came out before, mm. and um, I was reviewing the game before it came out to, to us in the public, so I was kind of okay with it. And then, like, people would start sending Twitter messages to to us and, like, Facebook messaging saying, like, Oh, yeah, Sarah's di- Sarah dies. And, like, in that point, you're kind of like, Does she really? Um, yeah. And then everyone started talking about, um, obviously, like, the the ending. And, like, oh, you know, you know that happens. And it's kind of like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it they does. They just want somebody to talk to. Yeah. Uh, but, I you mean, to be more you gotta you gotta ask first. Don't don't just throw that out there. No one, no, <laughs> yeah. one, no one likes getting spoiled. Yeah. yeah. Then, well, everyone likes doing it on the internet these days. It's, it's yeah. true. true. Remember? It's like a Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh my god! So uh, we had some comments uh, about the the story, um, and um, they're kind of mixed. Um, JP Howe says, uh, after getting to grasp of the time travel aspect, I would say that the thirteen part two story was not engaging enough on a story level for us to really sympathise with the tragedy of Yule, Noel, and Caius. Mm. I think it's interesting how he mentions those three specifically, Sarah. Not even. Yeah, no. It's like Sarah died. Literally, just literally, just there to make up the numbers. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys want to take some of the other one, the other comments Um, we had. Kyungko says uh, there were several moments in which I found myself emotionally attached to the characters and the world as a whole, but these were towards the end of the game. Yeah, it kind of mirrors what we were saying earlier. Yeah. Just because it was like a smaller cast, it was. I think like initially when the story started up, it was. it was a lot more mixed. Like there was because of how the game was designed with the the Historia Crux, you could literally go everywhere, and it took quite a while for the story to kind of compartmentalize. Mm. Do you want to it's take the last of, one, Spencer? Yeah, well, like, I was like just thinking for what you're saying that it's basically like prison syndrome. You do a lot of things in prison you wouldn't normally do outside of prison, but when you think of how little options you have in there, you kind of just learn to love it, even if you wouldn't really. And you know this from experience, Spencer? Oh, he knows. <laughs> Lots of hands-on experience. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so the last comment uh, comes from Optifix and says, uh, The story was pretty disappointing. The actual story involving Caius, Yule, Noel, and Etro was pr- was good, but they spent w- way too mu- uh, so much time 
faffing about the uh, paradox nonsense that it didn't get as much of a spotlight as it really should have. Which Again, it's, Sarah not yeah. mentioned. This person obviously must be English if they include faffing. Faffing, yeah. I, the text was a bit small. I almost put that F as a P. That would be bad. I love that word. <laughs> faffing. But yeah. So yeah, I know that from reading through all the comments on the site, there was a uh, um, you know, I was, I was pr- I'd say it's pretty fifty-fifty. Some people really liked the story and how it was done. Other people, I think, they just wanted a bit more. Like, I don't think there's anything really bad with the story. It was, I think it was the way it was delivered was definitely an improvement over thirteen. Yeah, it just, it, it just needed a little bit more. Yeah, that's why we got thirteen-three. Everybody gonna yeah. make it the yeah. best game in the series. So, um, how do, how do you like going on to the historic crux? How do you feel that that? kind of influenced the way that the story developed because I when I initially played it I thought it was going to be really difficult for them to kind of move things along because obviously you can go anywhere and do anything at roughly any time well I think it has a big problem due to the fact that I actually I like the idea a lot and when you know how it works it's really it, it works really well but it really doesn't explain it that well even though it tries to because there are very many times in the like in the few first few hours of like playing the game where you will be hopping in between worlds, not sure which one to go and what to do where, and maybe this one's going to be harder than the other one, or that this one's ahead of the story than you might want to go to, but it might be more interesting. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't like it didn't teach you enough, and at the same time, like kind of limited like how the like the story was being told, so it just made things needlessly complicated at times. Yeah, yeah I, I did feel that, like, there was a natural kind of flow that, yeah, if you just kind of bumbled around, eventually the story would feel like it was progressing just by you doing random yeah, things. Yeah, but you would have to, like, fit all the puzzle pieces in, and that really shouldn't ever be, like, yeah. a way to tell a story. Like, Memento kind of makes sense, because at least you're going from the ending to the beginning, but it's not like you're like, here's the middle, here's the beginning, here's a pit at the end, back to the beginning, and a little more in the middle, and here's the ending. I'll put them yeah, all it's together. like, here's a new area that you just unlocked. There might be something for you to do in there. But there might not. But it led to but it led to some places where I would just be like, okay, I'm just skipping this area. Yeah. Yeah. I would have. Yeah. No. You I would think, have, like, yeah. yeah. As you as you said, like especially like once you kind of get to the end of the game, you can um, revert revert places and stuff like that. It, it does get a lot more complicated, and I I think um, the thing that I liked most about it really was how they kind of um, dealt with the time. So like going between the different time zones of the same location to see how it develops. I thought that was really good, um, especially, like, with how they merged some of the quests together, like, you know, um, because of the time artifacts. Yeah. Um, And, like, you know, some guy needs this flower and it's not there, but then you need to go into the future and find it. Yeah, by the way, God, screw that guy. Who's ever, like, in winter, oh, I want a lily flower so bad. Wait three months! Don't ask me for this! I'm not gonna come (laughs) back to you and get you your flower. Well, if I did not have this time power, this you would be a very greedy person to request this of anyone. Yeah, but apparently that was deemed a good quest to send us on by yeah, developers. World of Warcraft's version of good quest. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know. In talking about the, I was a bit disappointed because like with all the, I was hoping to actually see more. Like like there are a lot of different locations, but. Even though there is a good variety of locations, the variety of, like, here's this us in Before Age, or After Age, or Snow Age, or, like, the, like, grassy area. Like, I felt for areas like that, having to actually go back to the Historia Crux, load it up, 
like go through like at least two different loading screens just to go to the same place you were just at, but in a different like skin. Yeah, basically. I think that was the most annoying thing that the loading times. Wait, and it's like, like it's just, not even like they were that bad, but it's just like when you're already in the same area, like there should just be a little option, like not that lets you go anywhere, like from your main menu, but if it's like, all right, skip to the past or present or future like version of this current area, and like that would have made it a lot easier. Yeah, agreed. But I thought, yeah, it was, it was a good system. Um, it just perhaps needed a little bit more development. I guess um, you know, moving more onto the gameplay um, elements of the game, the. You know, it's, it's it's nice to see what they try to do, and uh, you know, as other games have been using similar systems for a while, um, whereby like using monsters and stuff. But do you think it was a good move for them to kind of just focus on two members and then have just uh, like a monster hunter kind of thing going on? Not monster hunters in the game, but like the fact that you can hunt monsters. Um, I I like I liked it, and I enjoyed like the small bits of, like, having to actually, like... Because I, I think, and not even really more people... It's, like, the whole, like, monster and, like, like catching them and, like, leveling them up is a lot deeper than most people actually kind of, like, I think originally were expecting from it. But, I, th- but I mean, it, obviously you kind of want it to be because the whole point of, like, even, like, normal Final Fantasy games, even if they don't have a very large cast, at least have a large number of, like, characters to play as and pick and, like, develop from... So I I think they wouldn't really have been able to like just like here here's a character, just wait till you get a stronger one and then just like catch like catch yourself. The fact that you actually would have to like f- like maybe fuse them together, like level them up, like the, the, it made them feel like actually more like just real characters. But even them, but I think that also kind of shot them in the foot because you're investing as much time in them as you would with Noel or Sarah. But there's like zero like story tie-in for them at all. They just disappear as long as as soon as you're out of battle. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like gameplay-wise, like with them, I, I I thought it was totally fine. I thought it was fun, and probably like the best part of like the fact that it was monsters is is it let them do one of the coolest things with DLC is that you could then beat someone in a character arena, and then you could have like someone like lightning or uh, snow in your party. Yeah, I feel that was a good addition. Um... And yeah, I, I thought the whole system worked out pretty well. I know that when they initially announced it, there was a bit of reservation going around about how it would work and, and this kind of stuff, and you know, only having two party members. But I thought, yeah, I thought overall it actually worked out pretty well. And I, the fact that the, they had they all, they all had their own mini crystariums, and you know, you had to ex- kind of experiment with um, the different types of monsters because obviously, like some level up really quickly, some don't. There's lots of different levels that you can go through, and they all learn different abilities. Um, I thought it was nice um, to have that kind of degree of um, depth. It, and also, it really like added a lot to the whole um, paradigm shift. Like paradigm shift was already like a really solid system, in my opinion. Like probably like the best like of the series and whatnot. And that actually kind of made it better because not all monsters could be a certain type. So you kind of had to be more conscious of like you had to make sure that you had this in your party because you can't just ha- have them switch to it. You have to have a certain kind of monster, but then that has to be more leveled up. Yeah, it, it kind of made you think more about your deficiencies. I mean, the, the only real negative I think I could have with them is the stupid, like, mini-games for the hmm. monsters. That's the only yeah, real negative. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, how do you feel about the limit breaks? I thought they were okay, but they they never changed, and so it was stupid. So it was like, once you did it once, as soon as you, like, press square and did the limit break again, you're like, alright, up, up, down, down, square, square, square. It, it was just, it just felt monotonous, and it never, it never really helped you. Like, it, if it was something kind of like, 
if, if it was like you had to do it and it was maybe long, complicated, and they mixed it up, and it was like really rare, I'd be okay with it. But no, these things happen at least like once a battle, and the other, and the other thing about it is like there's like no real reason for them just being short, quick, and the same. Like maybe if you had to mash a button and as in the as you mashed it more and more and more, you could get more damage. That would. Well, maybe that's kind make of how it. one of them was, isn't it? Because you just have to mash a button, but it's usually like. Yeah, but it had a capped. It had a capped limit. So, so basically, without telling you, it was like, okay, if you hit circle ten times in the next five seconds, you'll get this more damage. It 300%. was never. Like, it was never just like free ranged. Mm. So, like in terms of other additions to the game, I think um, one of the positive things was the fact that the random encounters you, you had a lot more control. Um, so, like you know, the um, if if enemies. Because obviously in thirteen the enemies were like visible, you could like walk into them or whatever, and you could evade them that way. Um, but in this game, they kind it was of kind of hard them... to evade someone in a corridor. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in this one, they made them more hidden, and they they really made it much more about do you want to fight this monster? Mm-hmm. And if not, you could literally just run away. Or and I, they made the whole thing about engaging and preemptive strikes a lot easier too. I think. Uh, I th- I think I had a, like a weird bit about this in this kind of. It's like when it comes to like engaging, because the way the music worked in the game was it would be like there was two themes for the overworld: the normal one and then like the like battle mix, like right before you were about to go into a battle, which was kind of weird because it's basically you have a fight, you have a song that's just as long as the one that you hear ninety nine percent of the time, but it's actually a better version of the song that only will play for about five seconds at the most if you run around a creature until it finally hits you, <laughs> which I thought was, which I thought was kind of weird, but I mean it, it was good. Obviously, since they made areas much more open, it, it made engaging them feel a little better because I think the big thing, like we mentioned with 13, was like it, it still is a super corridor-heavy like designed game. And so it's like you really had to go out of your way to not like get into a battle with someone you saw in 13. But with 13-2, that was never a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was definitely a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the Castarium as well? Because they changed that around slightly this time. Um Whereas, whereby, like, before, obviously everyone could learn different, uh, the different roles that they could use in the um, Paradigm Shift, but it was very much like, this is the leveling system for this one, this is the leveling system for this one. Whereas this one, it was a lot more free reign, and, like, there were certain um, kind of levels that you had to fill in, but you could do whatever job type you wanted at any point. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you changed, then the next sphere would perhaps potentially do something different. Yeah, I think having it kind of more open and free, like, really helped out a lot. With, like, it, it didn't, like, rest- like, the Crystarium, like, from 13 was good still, but I think the gameplay as a whole in 13-2, it really doesn't do anything drastically different. But what it does is it just makes, the, like, the original gameplay of it just a lot tighter and a lot more, like, open to you and just basically more fun to use. Like, this is, like, how 13 like, should have played, and that's just, like, basically what 13.2 gives you. It doesn't, like, rewrite the book on how to play RPGs at all, but it, at the same time, it doesn't really have to. It just makes a better game. Yeah, I think, like, the Castorum was definitely made a lot more simplified, and, and I think that's definitely a good thing. And, uh, you know, it's the same with the monsters as well, because obviously the monsters had the same kind of system. Um, obviously, it used, uh, like, potent spheres and stuff instead, so it was, it was kind of slightly different, but I still think that the way that they handled... The leveling system in 13.2 is a lot better than 13. Mm-hmm. So, moving on, we're now going to talk about the music. Um, 
as I mentioned before, this this seemed to be quite divisive. I, I was quite surprised in some ways, but not in others, that this was the case because mm. I know that there are certain tracks that really aren't that good. From the people who brought you Devil May Cry's soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, but Devil May Cry was good at times. Oh no, I love Devil May Cry's soundtrack, but it's one of those soundtracks that you'll listen to in the game, but never in the car. Yeah. yeah. You would never you would never just see someone riding in the street, the devil in me needs to cry. No, you wouldn't listen to that. You do that while playing as Dante because it makes sense and he's stupid. You don't drive down to pick up the kids with, like, Japanese butt rock playing. The same thing with, like, drive... It's basically the same thing, like, we're gonna mention here. That one Chocobo song is ridiculous, and no one actually likes the song. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's made by... I mean, what is it? Like, it's made by one, like, a band that has one track in the game. So clearly, Square Enix probably just lost a bet. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you, like, make your own song for 13 soundtrack, and they're like, oh, God... The one band who won this was the one like metal band. Why do they have to pick Thanks. that track? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, there are, for all the bad I'd say there is in the soundtrack, there's a ton of good as well. And I think, from my perspective, the good in thirteen two soundtrack far outweighs anything from thirteen. It's yeah. like a 90-10 split of good to bad. Yeah, I, I, I was a bit confused when I saw that people were saying they didn't really like the soundtrack because I thought it had yeah. so, it had a lot of personality. And, like, there were definitely some themes in there. It's kind of the same as 10 Part 2 as well. Like, when I initially first started listening to the soundtrack of 10 Part 2, I was kind of like, this is really not good. Like, you know, I don't really know what I'm listening to now. And I I couldn't really... Because up to that point, obviously, everything had been Uematsu. And, like, you know, 10 was obviously a bit of a mixture with um, um, Hamawazu and Nakano. But... I up to that point I you know there was very much this is Final Fantasy music this is kind of how it sounds and then other Square Enix RPGs or other Square RPGs had a similar kind of feel as well like with Matsuda and Shimamura mm-hmm. um, but then when I had 10-2 it was kind of like whoa but then when I actually played the game it worked and I think this is the same with 13-2 as well like I think yeah. a lot of people listened to some of the area themes and that kind of thing and they heard all these vocals and they were just thinking like, I know especially when Lauren and I first saw 13-2 and we we were listening to the battle and there was this like, weird rap music going on. We were just like, what the hell is this? Yeah, but see, that's the best part about it is that it's so different and like unexpected. But then when you hear it and, like as you're playing, it's like it works so well. Yeah, it, it really grows on you. Mm. So I think we're, we're going to go through here and just kind of talk about some of our favorite tracks. Um, and you can choose to agree or not. But um, I think the ones we're picking are pretty pretty decent yeah mm-hmm. except, except mine i think mine might be a bit divisive the, i don't know i i really like the one you've picked actually it is fun it's the one we're talking about so yeah um so i'm gonna kick it off with probably the the easiest one. Oh, really <laughs> so um i've gone for caius's theme oh i hate that song you can't <laughs> you can't hate it it's so badass it's more like without the ass. That's what it is. <laughs> no, it's, the Kaios' theme is amazing. It is really good. I I still remember like the first boss fight with Kaios, and I was just th- I was just listening to the soundtrack, and I was just like, this is so epic. I I like to, like speaking for real. I I actually yeah, his song is so good. It's it's actually the song that I hope, which I, I doubt it will, because of like the fact that this game gets like so little respect in the Final Fantasy community. It's like man really sick of hearing people like only do covers of One Winged Angels. Let's hope this becomes I the know. new One Winged Angel. 
Yeah, because I... it reminds me so much of Final Fantasy XI, which Daryl then pointed out that um, the guy who did the composer this, is the same. The composer is the same, yeah. It all makes sense now. I know. Yeah, so like Kaius' theme, there are so many different parts of that track. Um, it's probably know, like a mini epic. Yeah, so there's like mm-hmm. there's, you got the choirs, you got the mass strings, and it's there is so much about it that is just it's so Final Fantasy. And it's I, almost I, like they were trying to make him like out to be the next. Well, this is Sephiroth. why I said there. Yeah, this is why I said that the parallels of Sephiroth are like there are so many. Yeah. And like you know when as you said, Spence, you know people are comparing this track to One Winged Angel as well. It's just, it's just like you can't help it. And I think um, you know it's been a lot of people. Other people have seen this as well. Like if you go on YouTube, it's like a really really popular track. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawrence Green from uh, Facebook actually said Kaius was a great villain with real gravitas. And his theme music is undeniably one of the best moments of recent Final Fantasy soundtracks. And I can't argue with that. Like, Mm -mm. compare that to pretty much every track from 13 or 12, and it just wipes the floor. Mm. And I mean, heck, 13 actually was like, the music was probably the best part of that game. Yeah. Because even, like, 13 had a really good soundtrack. Well, I'd say, because, you know, we talked about it on GMFM, and I think we came to the conclusion that 13s was decent, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't really enough... Like, aside from, like, Blinded by Light, which they just play <laughs> everywhere possible, like, if you play Theatre of the Myths, about 20 variants of it. But, like, aside from that, not many of the tracks are really that memorable. Like, I yeah, but I, I think I think the, the big difference between that is, like, I like both 13 and 13.2 soundtrack. The difference between them is 13, I really like when I'm playing the game. When I'm playing the yeah. game, it fit. It, they it's, all fit. None it's of the, nothing feels well. out of place. Because the twelve soundtrack was really good for playing in the game, but you'd never want to listen to any of that. Yeah, like, but like thirteen. Yeah, but thirteen two on the other hand is like I've listened to that multiple times mm-hmm. outside of the game. Like, it's so just, why don't you go on to talking about your track, Spencer? Because I think okay. that's a perfect example of why. Exactly. Like, my, like mine, it would just be weird. It's like so in between, like, because like there's a really big like kind of balance between like musical and like vocal. In the, in this sound in like the music to this game and like one of the ones that kind of stood out the most in a good sense was Worlds Collide, and I remember like when, when like the first like boss fight comes on and you're hearing this rap song and you're kind of like well this is really out of place, but I don't hate it and the guy who's rapping it actually is pretty good and the lyrics are actually kind of interesting. But you know so oh what uh, sorry you know it's funny though because like it just seems like you know. With the amount of like persona you and I play, it's just like that 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 song would easily fit in a persona game, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, that that also might that also might be it. The the amount of like J rap that I have uh, just sucked into <laughs> my brain. <laughs> you secretly want to be a J rapper. Oh god, those those guys are the, like if you ever think of like the most weeaboo like kind of dressing up Americans, like, yeah, just think that, but as a Japanese person dressing up to be really thug-looking, oh, the Japanese got that down to a T. Anyway, continue, Spencer. Yes. Yeah, so, like, the whole thing with, like, Worlds Collide is, like, it's not only, like, was it a song that, like, fit really well, but, like, whenever it would, because it was one of those songs that would pop up every now and then for, like, certain, like, boss battles or, like, mid midi boss battles, it seemed like a lot of times, it would just be one of those songs that, I, like, I would get really, really into the, um, I would get really, really into the fight as that was going on, and I would just be, like, singing along the whole time, and then just, like, as, like, soon as the battle was done, I'd be like, oh, kind of want to replay it just to hear that song again. <laughs> and then on like, the it just, side. like, it was, just, it was just, like, one of those songs that just, like, made, like, you just, like, wanted to just, like, hear for, like, 
like all those like for like you know they have those ten hour versions of songs on YouTube. It would be one of those songs <laughs> I I would like to listen to for ten hours. Then on the flip side, you've got the other boss theme, which is like the one that plays when you're uh, fighting the Great Flam, which is the massive heavy metal one with the kind of uh, the guy's voice is so deep that it sounds like screaming. Now you see, and that one I actually don't mind. Like I I don't mind the weird kind of like screaming one because it was just like. I mean, that might also do the fact that I hated that massive flying fight because I wanted to scream during it, but... Oh, yeah. But, like, it just shows, like, the massive departure from the soundtrack and how, like, even that track... Because, you know, there's, there are so many... Uh, like, even Other World was kind of similar. Yeah. Which I think oh, yeah. Exactly. But it's, like, it's not a bad track, really. It it works for what it what its purpose is. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, but, like, the Chocobo song, in my opinion, is, like, the only song in that soundtrack I really think doesn't fit. And a soundtrack that is just mixed and matched of different genres and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, um, maybe not the country music star. <laughs> yeah, uh. maybe not. But um, the song that um, the song that I chose was "New Bottom," um, mainly because like this was one track that like I would listen to it in game, but then I would listen to it when I was out and just like walking to work or something. And it actually, y- you can just listen to it like just walking around. It actually. Just, sounds like a regular track like yeah, again, sort of something like what I would listen to normally it's kind of weird as well because I, I don't know if you guys had the same experience when I first started listening to that track I was just thinking what is this like, it's so nice though. yeah and then like when the start, vocals like, start kicking in like it, it has a really, like, a really unorthodox feel but like as it kind of goes on more and more and more it starts getting so much more catchy yeah <laughs> yeah no like I really I really really like that song a lot there is obviously the, the, the other one which oh, uh, we're going to talk about, which is Sarah's theme, um, especially the memory version. Well, there's also other Wish as well. I think we use the combination version. Now. Yeah. So I, when when people were saying that they thought the soundtrack was really crap, I I just thought about this and I was thinking like, you know, this song we use this for our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> when I was you walking... guys had a really crappy wedding then. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's really <laughs> sucked. Was, like, anything in this um... song is garbage. <laughs> When I was walking down the aisle, I actually walked down the aisle to a um, compilation of all of the different uh, Sarah themes um, from Final Fantasy Thirteen too. So it was like Memory, Promise, pretty much all of them. And um, there was actually like people crying <laughs> because of it. Like it, not that it was like so bad, but I was gonna say, God, they really like, hated that song. They were didn't just they? Tears really, of hatred. It was getting really <laughs> emotional, and it really worked well with what we were doing. Like it just, it just worked really nicely, and nobody even th- like thought that it was like you know, oh, it's a typical game track, or oh my gosh, these people are such geeks. Go it back to just... World of Warcraft, loser. <laughs> 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 Who did but... you invite to your wedding? They're all so mean. <laughs> But yeah, no, like nobody, nobody even gave it like a second thought. Apart from the hecklers, yeah, <laughs> nobody even, nobody even thought it was a bit strange that I had Arwen's um, even star as my necklace. But that's another story. But anyways, like it's such a beautiful song, and yeah, actually that one and even like Eternal Love from Final Fantasy Thirteen were just they were really good tracks. But we're not talking about thirteen. I know we're not th- talking about thirteen, but I just had to add <laughs> that's that. Gone. In. Hey, that's that gone. Should, that, that should be that should be the the, the secret burning question this week. What song? What thirteen two song would you get married to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, P 
Pixaholic kind of summed it up and they said the, the music in this game is confusing to say the least on the one hand you've got some truly excellent tracks but on the other hand several tracks are so disgustingly horrendous <laughs> they make you feel physically ill <laughs> I mean yeah. I, 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 I was playing the game when I had like a fever in like nausea once that was the closest I came to feeling physically ill to it but none of the songs I think are like on country music level of bad Obviously, our listeners have very sensitive ears, Spencer. Yes, they Spencer. do. They do when they put it, when when they're cleaning them out with Q-tips, which you should not do, but everyone does anyways. I, they gotta be they gotta be really careful. And they go, oh god, it hurts. I yeah. um I people may not agree with this opinion, but I after listening to the soundtrack, and obviously I was a big Final Fantasy Eleven player as well. I kind of it it seemed like the coming of age for Mizuta as a composer because like. Other than Eleven, which I guess you could consider like a, a big title for Square Enix, but he's never really been given... <laughs> well, main title. Well, like, you know, in, in terms of like the overall grand scheme of things, he's never really it's been given a chance. It's the best-selling Final Fantasy ever, so... Um, yeah. no, it's, it's made the most revenue. Exactly. It's not the that same thing. The mo- that means it's the best ever. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he, like, he obviously did, tw- uh, he did Eleven uh, with Uematsu initially, and then kind of took it over with the expansion packs, but... Other Actually, than hold that, on. Did did he do the music for the newest expansion pack? Uh, probably. I was just, oh my god, because I haven't played it since Square Enix is selfish and didn't release the PS2 version, so I can't play it. He I did. Should, um, I should find that out. Everything after the main one, yeah. So um, Rise of Zalot and Beyond was all done by him. Because that would actually be interesting to hear. Because uh, it'd be interesting, especially after hearing a few of his uh, Lightning Returns tracks. It'd be interesting to see like what he kind of does. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. when. When they announced that, because uh, the same team are doing um, Lightning Returns, aren't they? So mm-hmm. it's Mizuta and Suzuki, and I think Hamuozu is kind of supporting a little bit. Yeah. So it will be definitely interesting to see if they kind of keep the same. I know. Kind I really of vibe. kind of hope. I really kind of hope they do, just because it was it was really nice. Yeah. 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 And that's yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So I guess uh, we've been going on quite a while now. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to, I guess, conclude with our thoughts. But I kind of want to start with some, some people from the community first. So I guess we'll take one of these each just before we go on to our own opinions. Sure. So the first one was from Memory Lane. Hmm. Uh, and they said, for the most part, I enjoyed playing Final Fantasy 13.2. I was disappointed by a few factors, though. While I had the gameplay and the OST, I found it really hard to adapt to the new characters. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. We, I feel like we would kind of just be like retreading if we kind of like mentioned it. It's like, yeah, m- music was good. Characters were so small. You yeah. either loved them or hated them. Yeah. Um, this next one is from Tiamat, who says, Final Fantasy thirteen two feels like it shouldn't even exist. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like they randomly threw in um, time travel and... Could you make that larger, baby? Oh, my God. Sorry. Got glasses on, everything. I have glasses on, but and made the entire story from that. Hush, hush, <laughs> you. Okay, let me take that again. So Tiamat says Final Fantasy thirteen two feels like it shouldn't even exist. It's like they randomly threw in time travel and made an entire story from that. I mean, if they threw a DeLorean in, I doubt it would hurt the story. I, I, I still, I still love the fact that like everyone from the first game is like, yeah, this happened, and then it's like, no, it didn't. It- yeah, that no, actually. That ending didn't happen. No. Time travel is so confusing. 
It's like yeah. when it's it comes like, yeah, to story. I'm, I'm sure Lightning was here a second ago. You gotta ago. be really, really careful about that because it is so easy to just bite yourself in the ass with that. Yeah. And the, and this is kind of one of those stories of like it gets close, but then yeah. it just burns so hard at the end. It's just yeah. like oh, dude, I just remember just, that Lightning thing where it's just like we were celebrating the like what happened at the end of thirteen, and everyone was there, and Lightning was just like that was one possibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another said I was never there. Everybody died. Anyway, Spencer, go to the last one. All right, and the last one is from uh, Matt Colo. Uh, a great sequel to a horrible game. Man, you picked the real positive ones, Daryl. <laughs> I just wish they made. I just wish they made it Final Fantasy 15, so they had more freedom to separate from the 13th world. As I loved Noel and Caius as much. Hey, well, it wasn't negative. It was negative towards thirteen. I actually yeah. agree with that, though. I think like if they if they had just carried on and just made a game about Noel and Caius, it probably would have been a lot better. Yeah, but th- that kind of go back to the whole like how big of a deal fifteen is because fifteen is still such a make or break for the franchise because yeah, they 15. really they really they really got to be careful with what they do to that because that's like their last chance to like fifteen has got to be save bad ass. Yep. And it can't just seem like, because Lauren, you think about it, if they just put out, like, 14, 13 came out, not a lot of people cared about it. 14 came out, people were pretty butthurt about that. And then if 15 looked like an expansion from 13, people would be like, F the series, done. Like, but, even if it did have cool characters and everything, it, it like, that, give, that quickly, it would, like, kill the brand name. It would give them an excuse to not have Sarah in it. <laughs> the excuse to not have Sarah in it was to not like be lazy and just throw a character in without having to make a new one up. Sarah, what were your guys' uh, overall thoughts about the game? Did you did you like it? Did you enjoy it? I loved it. I, I loved. I, liked, I loved it. I loved playing it, and I loved listening to it. It's just the story kept it from being an amazing game, but mm-hmm. it made it like it was. It was definitely like the best Final Fantasy like since Ten Two, in my opinion. It's only been three. Well, there's been like all like all the years of playing. No, there's been all the years of playing eleven, like along like the 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 huge time I spent with like twelve because people either love or hate twelve, and I like twelve a lot. And then thirteen took, I think probably took me about two years to beat because I just really was so unmotivated to play through it. Cardos. I thought Maybe it was, tutorials. I thought it was definitely an improvement. Like I thought they improved on almost everything. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the troll ending was troll, but, you know... How about that DLC, Lauren? Uh-oh. No DLC. I, um, <laughs> I thought it was an improvement in some areas, but it to me, it was still very much... It's like if you compare 10 and 10-2. Like, 10-2, they have completely different feels. Like, 10-2 doesn't feel as much like a Final Fantasy as 10 does. It's like, it's got that kind of less serious, uh, more playful kind of thing. Like, it had much better gameplay but the overall feel of it was less. And I feel the same for 13 Part 2. Like, overall as a game, and like the way it was kind of put together, I think it was better. But yeah, like the story and the characters just wasn't really there for me. Like, yeah, Noel and Caius I thought were really good. But everything else, it just didn't really feel that serious. Like, there wasn't really that much that made me feel like I should care that much. Maybe it's because Sarah was there and she and Mog and they were, were just kind of making it very cheerful and nice. Sarah, and were you were you just hoping there were going to be a, a girl band in skimpy clothing being nah. quote unquote playful? Daryl just Daryl just hoped it was all going to be death and destruction and well, depression. It, it doesn't and have to be death and destruction, and depression, brah. but like 
with Final the Fantasy world main of soul sacrifice games, in a Final Fantasy game. You expect a degree of seriousness. Yeah. And like, you know, if you compare the story of 13 Part 2 with like the great stories that we've had, mm. it doesn't really stack up. Yeah. But at least it was fun to play. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying it was a bad game, but, you know, in terms of a Final Fantasy, it was very much a sequel for me. <laughs> yeah. Now we gotta wait for... Th- 13-3. I think that's going to be more divisive than 13-2 was. I really hope Well, it's so. going to be more divisive for more than one reason, because like, the gameplay, who knows? I know. Well, you kind of had an inkling, but yeah. It's not going to be Dirge of Cerberus. Well, I, I, that's yeah. under embargo, well, Daryl. I, the, the, the I, I can't tell you about it. <laughs> There's a, yeah, it's part Dirge of Cerberus, part Assassin's Creed, part Mass Effect. <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> but <laughs> okay so the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 11th of June we hope you really enjoyed this episode please feel free to continue discussing 13 Part 2 like it it's been a it's been an interesting game I, I think you know it, from the perspective of the franchise I don't think it really did any harm no I mean except I, sales but that's really just to Square Enix more than anything yeah I mean like you would never expect 13 Part 2 to sell more than 13 I, I, yeah. I, I, I actually did <laughs> Yeah, but that's because you're crazy. Well, 13... That's why you're I mean, not an analyst, so... Spencer. Oh, I'll never be Michael Pactor. Exactly. Michael Pactor owns you. The Wii U not coming until next year. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I think it was, it was good. Yeah. It's a little bit late, but, you know, good these things happen. Um, next episode should be very interesting because it's going to take place just after E3. Ether Spencer should be going. Um, so if Square Enix has got some shenanigans going on, we should get to hear about it. <laughs> got some shenanigans going on. Yeah, they were, they were in a bathroom stall. I'll let you just, know what I find just out. Just wait until the 21st of May during Microsoft Conference and they're just like, Oh yeah, you know that PlayStation 4 game? It's going up. Nariyama came in and he was dressed up as a banana. Oh my god, the, mic- the Microsoft uh, Xbox, Xbox yeah. event, they announced Final Fantasy XIV or Realm Reborn coming on the next Xbox. Shinji Hashimoto is just kind of going to troll all the conferences and just kind of walk on stage and just be like, there's more info coming soon. You just got to wait till next year. Uh, TGS. Got to wait for TGS. Yeah. Uh, TGS. So, yeah. What, you, um, what are we going to do with you? Special next episode. Um, if you aren't subscribed, please feel free to on the iTunes store. If you just search for Final Fantasy with a number one mm. show on there. And of course, you can catch all our coverage of all the news that's going on around E3 and anything else on FinalFantasyUnion.com. So. I just realized I just said Nariyama. You did, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ignore that. I know, because that's our keto person. Yeah, he's a Japanese Oh, that would be pretty funny. I bet you think I bet you think all Japanese people are all named the same, don't you? I'm mixing up. I'm mixing up my lives. Wada's well, not even there anymore. Yeah, it's true. He's, he's, the, come, he's the He's, he's, yeah, he's the He should still come up on stage dressed up as a banana. So people can throw an egg at him. Um, Peter Bob so, Yeah, it's time for you guys to say goodbye. Oh, bye. I would say goodbye, but Daryl's internet connection is so bad, so it'll probably come out of <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was Spencer language. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a tweaksmusic.com and finalfenceunion.com production. <laughs>